So what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to another episode of None But Ourselves. Um, today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Sensei Saf, artist, entrepreneur, you know, mogul hey. in the making. So tell them what you got going on, bro. Tell them where they can find you at. Hey, appreciate that. Listen, the pleasure is all mine, first and foremost. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm everywhere, man. I'm on all streaming services, bro. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, SoundCloud. Right now, I took a whole bunch of songs off of SoundCloud, but uh, I still have a, still got a, a I want to say like four or five songs up on SoundCloud. But yeah, I'm everywhere, man, on all streaming platforms. Uh, all my songs might not be on all streaming platforms, but I am, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and yeah, I'm also an uh, audio engineer. So, you know, we were talking about that a little bit before. Definitely working on my music, but I'm trying to do music for others, work on their music right. as well. Right. What would you say the, how do you find the balance between those two things? How do you find the balance between being an artist and being somebody that's the forefront versus being an engineer and being like the supporting cast, being behind the scenes and making other people shine? Mm, uh, I like it. I like it. Uh, so much, I listened to So Much Fun by Young Thug. Mm. Uh, that's probably like best album in 2019. One of them, my favorite, it's one of my, or yeah, 19. I say that's definitely one of my favorites, but, yeah. um, the guy that his audio engineer or the one, his mixing engineer, you can really hear a difference in his mixes, like how he mixes stuff. It's so, I, I don't really know how to explain it, but like just right. certain things that he does, like his hi-hats sound so much, uh, sound so crisp, uh, the, the way Young Thug is able to flow on songs, mm. it's like, uh, that's because of the mixing engineer. Right. Um, and I just, uh, I, I fell in love with mixing at that point. I was like, bro, this album is so fucking fire. Like, it's, yeah. it's just like, uh, I want to, I don't want to sound like this, but I want my production like this level. Um, and I think Young Thug is one of those artists too that if you like, you could listen to one Young Thug song and listen to another Young Thug song and you can tell there was a different engineer and this shit sounds completely different. He has one of those like unique voices where it's like, it has to be engineer right or it sounds like a whole completely different person. Mm -hmm. That's that's super facts. That's super facts. That's like, you're right. Because it was a, a Thug song that I heard I want to say recently, and I was like, bro, Toomey didn't, Alex Toomey didn't touch this. This wasn't right. an Alex Toomey. Uh, right. And I was like, yeah. Um, that's when I really started to notice, like, uh, my ear was changing, and it was changing for, like, the mixing and the mastering. And I like that shit. I like that. I'm, yeah. uh, it's, to answer your question, though, um, I prefer kind of being the, the, the audio engineer now. And opposed mm-hmm. to the rapping, like the rapping, I love that shit so much. Um, East Coast nigga by by heart, or excuse me, East Coast uh, artist by. You alright, bro? You can nature. say nigga. This is this is. Listen, oh, alright, cool. It's cool. the culture, bro. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> you know what culture. I'm saying? Listen, I know certain uh, certain podcasts I've done. You know, um, I'm a very vulgar person. Nah, but, my uh, G, we listen. We unfiltered because this is the thing. Sometimes I have priests on here. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> Sometimes okay. I have just, listen, street niggas on here. We out here, bro. <laughs> we okay, got to okay. do what we got to do. Say less. Yeah, I yeah. dig that. I dig that. We out here. Yeah. But yeah, man, 
um, the the craft of the difference between mixing and mastering and being an artist for me is that when I'm a when I'm rapping, I know I get writer's block, and my mm. writer's block can last anywhere from like a day to like two weeks, and then I'm just like, bro, I haven't been in the booth in two weeks. Like, what the fuck? Um, right. So then I just go mixing and mastering. Yeah, make me feel better. Yeah, Nick, and, and I think that could that as an artist, I feel like. I felt that because in a personal place, I've been there where it's like writer's block. I feel like right now I'm in a place where it's like mad writer's block. I could hear a beat and be like, man, this shit is fire. I'm so inspired by this and have the melody lines, but the words to put to it, I feel like sometimes it's really like a God vibration because like the songs that I've written that have been like successful, I feel Mm -hmm. like they just dropped on me. You know what I mean? That mm, feeling of like, mm. it, like you was in an inspired place and it was like mm. whatever divine spirit just came in and just dropped that shit on you. Mm, yeah. I, I do get sometimes in the booth where, uh, and I'm sure you get this, but like when you're a rapper, you'd be like, or an artist, and you you hear some shit that you did that was fire. You're like, yeah, I'm the fucking best, bro. Yeah. I'm the fucking shit. best. Like nobody fucking with me because it's that At divine all. consciousness. I remember hearing a song, I heard this interview like, this was like early 90s Michael Jackson with Oprah. And she was like, yo, how do you write your songs? And he was telling her like, like Billie Jean, he was just like, boom, 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 boom. he said I was uh, in the tough. back. He said I was in the back of a car and God just dropped that shit on me. Like he literally just opened up, boom, just dropped it on me. Yeah. I think we like, especially as black people, we have such a history of um, spirituality and music. You know what I mean? A lot of t- a lot mm-hmm. of people that I have on this podcast is like, you know, uh, 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 different African speakers and like connecting to our heritage and like okay. things that we lost, things that we might still have. But um, I think we forget that like it's a divinity in the music that we make. You know what I mean? That's 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 a part of our culture more than it is even a part of other cultures, because there's such a spirituality attached to our music. And it mm-hmm. has like when you're attaching messages to rhythm, when you're attaching messages to instrumentation, like it has the ability to just pierce through people. So we really like, as musicians, we working with, we're we're spiritual workers. We're not just, you know, rappers, artists standing up, we spiritual workers. So it's like, I I hate when the media tries to cheapen it. Like, oh, he a rapper. Like, nah, we we spiritual workers. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Being called a rapper, like, I don't mind being called a rapper, because like you said, it's the culture. But you write like when the media addresses uh, a rapper, I feel like you should call them a musician, bro. Right. Because all the way because you you're not calling you're not calling Elvis Presley a rock and roller. Right. You you know, you're not calling you're not calling you're not calling a certain guy. You're not calling daft punk uh you know rock and rollers uh, right. i just haven't heard that you know i haven't heard that term right. since fucking wrestling right it's something that only gets applied to one specific group of people genre yeah. right yeah. right so but um so i see you 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 married you got a daughter i got yes sir i got a daughter and a son and a son I got okay my, i got my favorite daughter and my favorite son oh that's what's yeah. up man yeah i was looking i was looking through your page and i saw that how would you, how do you feel like, um, 
you know, being a family man uh, influences your music, influences that inspiration? Um, some songs, uh, some songs I write about, like, and it's just, it's really about, you know, my family life. Like, uh, I got a dad bot freestyle up there on mm. SoundCloud and YouTube. Um, and if you ever heard the Logic song, Dad Bod, it's uh same, you know, same beat, obviously, but just the lyrics are different. But I heard it when I heard the song by Logic and he was just talking about uh, his life as a parent. And I was like, bro, your your son's like four months old. And don't get me wrong. Like you're 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 still a dad for sure. But uh, I was like, man, he's not even halfway in it. Like how many right, right. as far as is, is becoming the parent goes and you know this man living off of millions he's good right that, that, that their child is good like shit i'm still trying to pay my bills right now right. I'm, I'm still trying you know um as a you know with two kids and, and a wife but nah my wife she's she's amazing man she really holds shit down um and as far as it in, inspiring my music i'm she allows me to be myself like she hears certain songs by me and they they're, they're vulgar uh, it may talk about, you know, uh, fucking other women, this, right. that, and the third. She doesn't take heart to that. And that's what yeah. I appreciate. That's what, yeah. like, um, You definitely need that. Because you yeah, can't so stifle like, art. You know what I mean? Right. I, my, right. my girlfriend will tell me sometimes when I make songs like, yo, you need to get fouler with that shit. Like, you need to go deeper oh, wow. into it. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, wow, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, so... Uh, my my girl definitely would tell me like um, she she definitely is very supportive and I definitely appreciate that because without her like yeah I don't know I'll be half where I I don't know where I would be in you know as far as music goes without her and she has a uh, she has a very musical she's very musically inclined herself her family uh, she's a very good singer she just doesn't you know yeah but um. I don't know how much they inspire. They inspire my music because it's like, that's my why. That's, you know, right. I, I go for them. I go for them. That's how I can say. But as far as putting, you know, putting them in songs and stuff like that, it's not too many songs where, you know, my family is involved only because like, I'm, uh, I'm an East Coast guy. I, I'm going to keep saying that all in right, like, right. I, 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 My favorite rapper is Big L. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, so I, the, the, the culture of rap has always been about being braggadocious and, and, and right. putting words together. And, you know, that's how that's how I feel like I carry myself when I rap. Right, like right. Very, uh, not that I'm the best, but like I'm the best. Like I do this shit. Yeah, like you got to. Right. Yeah. You got to have a confidence. Because right. in this world, if you don't have a confidence about yourself, you're just going to get rolled over anyway. Exactly. Regardless of what exactly. people say. How do you think that that, do you think that in the end, though, that's a positive thing for our community to feel like, um, to feel like, you know, we get put on for being like that, like braggadocious vibe. Oh, I got bitches. I'm out here getting money. I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. How do you how you feel like in the long term? Cause I I get into that too. I feel like as soon as I it's like a toss-up because I might be on my podcast doing some conscious shit, talking about Marcus Garvey, talking about you know pan-Africanism, talking about What's wrong with that gonna, though? you know what I mean? And then on the and then get on a track and be like, you know, I'm I'm with the shits too. You know what I mean? Like, how do you how do you find that balance between um you know, being being in reality, 
but also wanting to give people a positive image at the same time. Bro, you can be you can you can be pro black and still, you know, talk your shit. It's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I grew up on black history. Like black black history is a uh, being black, like I love that shit, bro. Like mm-hmm. I I love the black culture. I just love it how everyone just takes from our culture and then just, you know, puts it in their own and then just try to write it off as if it was never ours. Right. Um but but to maintain that balance, bro, it's just like it's just being real with yourself. Like you you can do that. Like you you're uh, you not if you're not rapping about. I'm not one of those people that rap about selling drugs. I never sold drugs before, so I'm not mm-hmm. gonna rap about it. Um, but you know, I've 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 gotten into fights. I've gotten into I've gotten into you know. Uh, I've been in places to where you know shit shit could have got iffy. Right. Shit shit has got you know what I'm saying. So like. Uh, being in those predicaments, you know, being in those situations to where uh, my 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 gangster, in a sense, was tested, or you know, not you know, um, people like to test you, and you can still be, you got to let them know, and you can still right. be uh, yourself about it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Malcolm X was Malcolm X was the biggest person ever, as far as as far as you know. Uh, demanding equality for black people, but doing it by any means necessary. Right. Uh, and people don't like the any means necessary part. Yeah. They was and that's cool. uh, They wanted that nonviolent, that passive shit. Malcolm X was like, listen, if you, he said, he said, don't, uh, don't start problems with nobody, but if somebody put their hands on you, send them to the cemetery. Like, listen, you don't fuck with me, we all right. But if you come fucking with me, we're going to take it to the furthest extent. Exactly. exactly. And I think that, like you said, it's just about being truthful to who you are because nobody is, no, you can't put anybody in a box. You can't put anybody right. in a category. People have multifaceted shit. And I think it's just about that authenticity. Like just because it's cool to be, you know, fucking Jeezy, you know, biggest trapper, snowman shit. Right. Like That's just because it's cool to do that. If that wasn't you, don't talk about that. And I feel right. like in the culture right now, a lot of people, you know, they get on and they get a little uh, uh, spotlight, but then later on, it's like, you can't have any longevity because you was just playing a character the whole time. It was never right. you. That, you, was see, that's, you. You so right, bro. You're so right. You spitting right now. It's like, it's so, it's a lot of niggas in the rap game that's not like who they portray themselves to be. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, 6 9 is one nigga out of like, a bunch of niggas that given that same predicament, right? They doing the same exact thing. Right. And am I I'm not I'm not one of those people to say whether what he did was right or wrong. What I'm here to say is that uh it's like if I was it, I wouldn't be in that position. Like right. a lot of people when that shit first happened asked me, like, well, if you were in that position, what would you do? I wouldn't Try be in that position. Him. If I was in that exactly. position, I'd sit and I'd take my fucking time because. Six nine sat here and was out here trying to act like he was the biggest blood. He was right. really with the shit, right. knowing goddamn well that he wasn't with that shit. Right. <laughs> so I wouldn't be right. in that position anyway, because you wouldn't catch me standing on fucking O Block talking about you know fuck OTF and all this. Like you wouldn't catch right. me doing that shit, and then trying to you know put out hits on people and all this shit. 
this man was living a lifestyle. Not only was he a culture vulture, he was living a lifestyle that wasn't him. Anybody right. could have told you that shit. Anybody from any city, anywhere in America, anywhere in the world for that matter, who's really mm-hmm. been involved in street life will tell you, bro, it ain't, it's no, it's no shame in just being like, that's not me. I'm not with that shit. Right. I got family that's, I got family that's still in the streets. They know I'm not with that shit. I have a nine to five. You know what I mean? I do a podcast. I rap. I try and be positive. So they know, just don't come around me with that shit. I'm going to talk about my life. I'm going to talk about the way I grew up in my music. But you would never hear me. Yeah, we breaking bricks down. I'm in the kitchen. You would never hear me do that shit. (laughs) You're never going to hear like a Jadakiss-like bar from me. Right. In the sense of selling, you know, uh, any illegal drug that was not me, bro. Like, right? Yes, I, I, I smoke, I blow down. That's me, but I don't, I don't yeah. sell, I, I don't sell or not, I don't do none of that, bro. Right. The, the illegal activity it's, just not, it's just not for me, and I don't need to rap about it. Like, it's so much, it's so, it's so much other shit that goes on in my life for me to rap about and talk about. It's right. no need for me to talk about doing something I don't do. Right, and that's where the longevity comes from too, because it's like if you're just being yourself, you always have material. Because you, as long as you a human being right. living on this planet, you always have material because you're being yourself. But once you put up a facade, now I got to keep that facade going. Now I got to go deeper and deeper and deeper and try and keep proving to people that I'm this person that I'm not. And I think we see people get exposed all the time from that shit. Yeah, being yourself. Facts, 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 facts. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's just the main thing with artistry. If you stay true to yourself, it's always going to be, you know. And I think people can see through it too. You can tell when somebody's phony, yeah. especially in the culture. You can tell when somebody's doing some weird stuff. Yeah, bro. So they've been on yeah. Meek up here heavy in Philly because he just keep doing weird shit. <laughs> bro, yeah, they was. I heard they was giving him flack for giving kids like twenty dollars or some shit. Yeah, because he was because he was in Atlanta, and they said, um, "Oh, that happened some, in Atlanta." Yeah, it was in Atlanta, but some kids at the gas station, you know, like I'm, I'm just a regular working nine to five, but if it's some kids at the gas station selling waters, asking to pump gas, if I have $5, I'm gonna throw them $5. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a try and show love. You know, these kids, they out here doing something positive. They trying to become entrepreneurs. They starting at the bottom. I'm gonna throw them a couple dollars. Me pull up in a fucking Bugatti Bentley or whatever and try and hand 15 kids, $20 talking about split it. And the kid was like, "Are right, you fucking serious? Like, <laughs> you put up in a fucking Bentley to tell me split it? Oh, like, <laughs> yo. like, I understand people got to get it how they live, but it's like, it's that vibe yeah. of like, everything that I own, I have to have it on me. That's something that I'm trying to like, we got to break that shit in the black community. We don't have to right. have all of our money showing out. Right. You know what I mean? Right. We got to build like stability right. and security behind the scenes. Cause you see somebody who's really getting money. You see a Jeff Bezos, you see a Bill Gates. If you didn't know him, you could walk yeah. by him on the street and not fucking know they was worth billions. You okay. Know what I mean? So. Okay. Cole said it best, bro. He said, uh, when you got, when you really got it, you're not pressed to talk about it. Mm. You know, mm. you know? That, that's the, that's the really shit I, I've heard. Like, you know, it's a, uh, all the niggas that's loud about talking money really ain't got no money. Real talk. Real Those talk. people that got money, 
they they're not talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know who I was talking to, but they said I think I was, I might have been talking to my pops. But he said, "Why do you think uh, why do you think Ferrari never had a commercial or doesn't do commercials because mm. that's not their that's not their audience that they're appeasing mm. to. Their audience doesn't watch TV. They don't watch TV. I like, <laughs> right? Damn. I was like, damn, damn. That's a, like that's some real talk. That's money, money. Like you that's know what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's that high up money. Yep. That's money. And like you Niggas said, they're not watching watch TV. They're not consuming that. Right. So they probably listen. Right. They already know. They they know Ferrari because they know the legacy of it. They know the quality. Right. Of it. You they know, know I mean? the right, the richness of it. They know right. the actual specifications and shit of that John. Like right. they don't, yeah. They they buy that shit fresh off the lot in cash if they want to. Right. Yeah, that's a bar. That's a bar. So what would you in that same wave? What's what's a um what's some financial gain that you would give to the youth coming up? Maybe somebody who's just getting married or just starting a family or just, you know, starting out in life, college kid, you know, coming out of college or high school kid coming out of college. What's some shit that you wish you knew when you were that age that you could impart to the youth? Well, coming out of high school, it's a lot of shit I wish I knew, man, going into college, but that's a whole nother story. But um, mm-hmm. but uh, just you don't have to keep up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a lot of people really get caught up focusing on what somebody else got, and they wish, mm-hmm. and then they want to go get it. Like that's that's not what it's about, man. If that yeah. if, if I already got something, why do if I I don't know how to explain it, but if I already got like if I just bought a truck six months ago, and my neighbor goes and buy a, a new whip tomorrow. I'm not supposed to go out and buy a new car. Right. Just because be I like, saw somebody oh, else got it. Just because I, I got to try and top them. No, man, you you don't have to, to you don't have to do that. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses like that. You don't have to. Uh, and, and, you know, that's more than one way. Like we see people rocking nice shit. And we be like, damn, I want that. Then we go and spend a fucking check. Right. On a shirt, a sweater that you're going to wear like three, four times. Mm. And like you can't you like the thing about that is you wearing the shirt three, four times and a nigga gonna know every time you wear because when you wear when you wear an expensive shit like that, like it's not like you got a closet full <laughs> of the same shirt. Like <laughs> I never like, heard it that like that before. People bro, you got that same Louis Vuitton belt on, nigga. Get the fuck bro, out of here. Like that's like, <laughs> come on, dog. Like, and I'm not hating on you for it, bro. You uh, rock that shit all you want. But what I'm saying is like you just spent twenty seven hundred dollars on a belt. Like I went yeah. to American Eagle and spent twelve dollars on a belt, right. bro. And we it's doing and the, same the same thing. My it's the same up. function. It's the same thing. And like I dig like quality. I dig quality and oh, I people, love the quality. Some people want like a quality, like they appreciate the quality, but, and my thing is, if you want to go buy some expensive shit, you know, more power to you, but you got to act your wage. You got to do that right. shit when you can afford right. to do it and right. really That's appreciate it. Don't just go buy something because everybody told you that this is cool. So now you're going to go empty out your savings right. to get a right. bag. If you got, if you busted your ass and you're like, man, I got some spending money. I'm going to do something because I want to do it. Go ahead and do it, but know why you're doing it. Don't just go push out money because you're trying to fill a void or you're trying to be, you know, right. show people that you 
you know, that you're worth something. Because at the end of the day, what you're worth is, is inside of you. That's right. what I think the most right. beautiful thing right. is. Like, as I'm growing and evolving as a person, you know, I still slip up. I still do coon shit. I still go, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I still go do stupid shit. But like, you know, you might catch me in a fucking rental or something like that. You know what I mean? Bro, that's, see, that's but, cool. Like a rental is cool. You know what I'm saying? Especially like people like us renting a car is okay. Right. But, you know, don't be one of those rappers that's flaunting your money around or one of those people that's flaunting your money around and you renting his car. Right. That's not okay. Right. Because like all that money, like I be seeing people like with like fifty, sixty thousand dollars in their hand, like trying to show that shit off. That's cool, bro. But why don't you go put that down on the house? Right. You about to go to Icebox right yep. now. Yup. And you know what exposed a lot of these rappers was COVID because a lot of these rappers was out this bitch living paycheck to paycheck. It might've been a hundred thousand dollar paycheck, but they was living hey, listen, paycheck to paycheck. When you, got a lifestyle, mm-hmm. when you got a lifestyle to keep up with, you, you know, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot when you got this lifestyle to keep up with and all of a sudden you, you're not making the money as steadily as yep. it was before something happens, you know, yep. that's what that, that happened to players in the NBA. You know what I'm yep. saying? It, it's been players in the NBA that, uh, one point in time making seven, $8 million and living a, a four or $5 million lifestyle. Yep. Then four or five years later, they making $2 million and they don't know what to do. And they, and now they out the league. Cause mm-hmm. they got debts, they got all this stuff. And I think we need to teach more financial literacy, but also we I do. think it needs to be a cultural shift of like the, your value comes from inside of you. It don't come from the things that you own. I don't know if you know, um, Eric Thomas, the, the motivational speaker, he like, no. um, I'm sure you probably seen his videos. He's the one who talk about, um, you know, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, that's when you're going to be successful. It's an mm, old head. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I think I've heard, yeah. Yeah, it's an old black dude. And he was, but he was saying on this video that I was watching to him, he was like, man, I'm out here, you know, making million dollar contracts, speaking, you know, to motivational speakers, to athletes, to things like that. He was like, bro, I might go make $100,000 and I still live next to teachers. My house is still a house next to lawyers. My house is still a house next to, you know, a chef or just a regular, you know, a plumber. He was like, bro, I don't need to go live in Hollywood Hills somewhere. Why would I do that? I'm comfortable and confident with what I have now. So I can, the money that I make, I can invest that to future generations. I can invest that in my children and my grandchildren. That's a fact. That's a it's just like a shift, you know what I mean? That's a big fact. That's a big fact. You're right. Uh, financial literacy does does need to be taught, like from like high school, like beginning of high school, um, because it's so much stuff people don't tell you. It's so much stuff people don't tell you. Like, uh, oh man, I can't remember who I was talking to, but. Uh, we were just talking about like the differences between white people and black people uh, as far as financial literacy goes. And the point that was brought up to me was, you know, uh, we get a credit. I think it came up because I was telling him that like I had a credit card 
in college and like I did I was just using that shit for anything bro I was like oh I got a credit card swipe 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 right. swipe swipe and I wasn't paying it off like how I should have been paying it off and he was like while it's white people like while it's white kids whose parents uh whose parents open a line of credit for them at like the yeah. age of four or five and just start they paying make, that like, shit off everything like they pay that shit off all the time and then by the time they turn 17 18 years old they got an 800 credit score already yeah like real shit five six payments on it real shit and it's that like it's that extreme wealth gap and being somebody who's biracial who grew up in white family and black family Mm -hmm. really showed Mm -hmm. me like it's crazy because when i talk to my brother's who didn't grow up, my brothers and sisters who didn't grow up biracial, didn't, you know what I mean? Because my dad, he got 13 kids. He he got kids. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> my dad got kids all around the rainbow. <laughs> but, damn. Um, but, um, like, it's just shit that I learned growing up around white people that mm-hmm. they didn't learn not mm-hmm. growing up around white people. is really fucking wild. Like, mm-hmm. even, like, tax codes. Like, my family right. taught me, like, growing up, Oh, listen, if you have a business, even if you don't, you know, consider yourself a business owner, start a business, take all your expenses, gas, rent, your mortgage, file that under your business, and you don't have to pay taxes on any of that money that you made versus that. I just grew up knowing that, knowing that shit. I talked to my girlfriend's mom a couple weeks ago. And she's like, yo, where did you learn that shit at? Nobody ever taught me that. Yeah, wow. This shit that gets instilled in in the white community because the white community has the wealth. They the ones who are worried about the wealth. You know what I mean? And and have that generational shit to give back. So it's like, I almost feel like an ambassador sometimes. Like, man, I gotta (laughs) I gotta take what I learned over here. Growing yeah, up, how bro, I grew up, and, and bring that shit back to my community. For real though, and I know it's hard because a lot of a lot of like young kids don't be trying to hear that shit, bro. A lot of young kids don't be trying to hear that shit, and it's sad. But you know, when they when they hit like 40, 45 and they taught they doing the same shit every day, if they even make it to that, God right. willing, um, right. you know, they they it's it's a it's a lot, bro. Kids don't be trying to hear that shit. I remember I was in a a, a program. Like every summer, it was a, a basketball program, but like we would play games every day, Monday through Friday. But when we wasn't playing games, we was like they would give us classes, so we would have like a mm. life skills class or a mm. math class, and and kids didn't like that shit at all. Right. They just wanted to play and they wanted to go. Me, <clears throat> I didn't mind it because like we were uh, when we had life skills classes, we were we were having cl- people come in who. Uh, they could have been something so much more had it not been for the streets or for drugs. Uh, And, you know, people don't really give those kind of people the time of day, but like they made a change. They were willing to admit that they fucked up somewhere in their life. And here they are in front of a bunch of 13, 14, 15 year old kids trying to uh, explain and try to explain what they did wrong. And they see that shit in half of the kids in that room. Right. And that that has to be a, a feeling. I don't know what that feeling is like to look in a room full of people and you just see yourself. Right. Uh, 
and you knowing that you made the wrong decision, you trying to tell people that you made the wrong decision and they still not going to care. Right. It's sad because it's so much. It's because for every one person that changes their life, it's 15 other people that like make that shit look like it was cool. Like I got Mm -hmm. family, I got family Mm -hmm. that did like 12 years and they're going to let you know in every conversation mm, yeah, nigga, right, I did 12 right. years. Like, bro, <laughs> stop promoting that shit. Stop making that shit cool, man. Right, stop right, making right. that shit cool. Like, one of my right. favorite um, podcasters is Wallow. I don't know if you know Wallow. Yeah, yeah. I'll be watching Philly. a million dollars worth of game. Yeah, but he'll tell you every time he tells a story about prison, he's like, bro, before I tell this story, I'm just letting you kids know. Prison is not fucking cool. You do not want to go there. Yeah, not want to spend time in prison. Like he constantly saying that because in the community, it's almost looked at as like a cool thing. Oh, I'm a. That's a shame, bro. It's a but you're right though. You're right. Like and then that's jails is overpopulated. You know, Um, and that's a whole different story. But you're so right, bro. You know what I'm saying? People just. They people get this image of, you know, all of their rappers going to jail or all of these rappers going to, to jail or prison. And they'd be like, oh, that must be a cool thing to do. Right. Not like knowing thinking that it's cool. Right. Like not even knowing that like some of these rappers or, or uh some of these celebrities, they get sent to jails like minimum security prisons. Like right. right. They, they, they they in a cakewalk jail. They playing fucking tennis. Uh, right outside right you, they in one know. of those federal joints that you can right. chill they got the tv like the lunch everything is cool right everything is cool that's the people who get money prison it's a right. difference between right people who get money prison and and you know going upstate <laughs> okay yep. okay rikers, rikers island right shit. real shit yeah uh, bro Pete, you know I don't understand why it's so glorified like that, but yeah, but that's what's up, man, that you had that opportunity as a kid. I feel like just as black men, we got to, we got to get out of thinking about ourselves so much and think about what are we going to instill in the next generation? Because like that dude who stood up and spoke and was like, man, y'all don't want to go down this road. It might be 99% of the kids that are like, man, fuck all that shit. But for that 1%, that could change their entire life. If we don't put ourselves in that position to speak to the next generation, they might never hear it. That's a fact. That's a, and that's the oh, that's 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 so true, man. Because uh, I sit there and I I just like I uh, say to myself sometimes, like I say things, and then I just feel like no one's listening. But like, if it's just one person that listens, yeah. If it's yeah, just yeah. one person, you've yeah. you, you've changed the world in a sense. Yeah. Because that's all it one, takes. You changed every. You changed that person's world. Right. That person's right. whole world might have changed. That's why, like, man, I really feel like when you use your voice for some positive shit, it don't matter. Like you said, if you reach one person, that's how we gonna. That's how positive change get made. Is sometimes I feel like I was just on the um the clubhouse, John, last night. Me and my homegirl was doing um like just like a community talk, and it was mm. like all the problems that we face in the black community. Sometimes it feels like it's so big. That it's like, man, how the hell are we ever going to chip away at Yo, this it's, thing? It's that's, that's really how it feels. That's it's so. Oh, you're so right. That's the best word to use. Overwhelming, man, because it's it's a lot, bro. It's so many. Uh, it's not even like a generational curse. It's more so like uh, 
it's been like instilled and granted we do have choices to make as humans but uh the choices do get a little harder and clouded given circumstances uh you know right definitely we we uh we were like red line. I could go on and on about yeah. like red line and mistreatment. Right. Right. Uh, you know, all of that shit plays a factor into into the the way the economy is for black people now. The way people look at black people now. Yeah. Absolutely. It's all about it's about wealth. I think a lot of people look at income and they don't look at wealth. What's the wealth? When we were slaves in America we had half of a percent of the wealth. In 2020, we have half of a percent of the wealth. We got a lot Crazy. of money as Black America, but how many people do you know that make sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year and they in debt? Because we, we negative on our wealth. We can't get mortgages. We don't get mortgages in the Black community. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't get- uh, Yeah, we stuff renting. Right, equal education opportunities. You mess around and mess your credit score up, you fuck for however long until you get it back. You know what I mean? It's like the, the, the lack of opportunity is astounding, but I just think at the end of the day, we, we got to pool our resources. We got to get our priorities straight and we got to make those opportunities because we're, we're, we the builders of civilization, mathematics, science, you know, exploration. That's all us. If you believe that you was just, you know, a monkey swinging around in the jungle in Africa then you might look at yourself and be like, I ain't shit. But if you educate yourself and you like, man, everything that the European knew, we taught him when they was, you know, running around in the, in the caves of Europe, we was building pyramids. You know what I mean? Mm, We was exploring the world. We was teaching every, we was teaching the world, everything. Socrates, all those guys that was, you know, people, they learned their shit in Africa and took it back to Europe. They would, they got their education from us. So I think it's about education too. When you teach somebody that, when you teach the kids that growing up, man, I'm, I'm from a line of royalty. Now it's like, man, I don't need that Benz. I don't need that Louis bag. I don't need to be flexing money because I'm, I'm the gold. You know what I mean? I'm the treasure. What's right here is the treasure. So. Mm -hmm. You definitely, Ooh, that's yeah. Definitely got to instill that in at an early age, bro. Yeah. Definitely got to instill that at an early age. A lot of people don't, man, and it shows. It really shows. It really shows. Like my parents, that my parents didn't raise me to like to you know where I won't say to see us as kings, but they raised me on my history so I, right. I could see it for myself. Right. They, you know, I've. Uh, uh, I've done the studies of the Marcus Garveys, the Mega right. Evers, the, right. the uh, you know, the those guys of the world. Right. Uh, so, you know, seeing those besides the Rosa Parkses and the Martin Luther Kings, the Malcolm X's, given, given me to see someone else besides those three that were so right. pushed in school. Right. It was like an eye opener. You know right. what I'm saying? And it kind yeah. of like, it, it, it kind of gave me a sense of confidence in myself, just knowing that the, the black culture goes so deep, just right. knowing that it could be even like a slither of hope for black people just by knowing what their history is like. Right. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like white people just always go over their history. Like yeah. not even so much like George Washington type shit. I'm just saying like, uh, 
white families within their families. Right. Yeah. They keep their history. They talk keep their, their history. Histor- historical records. Yep. Like on my white side, my family would tell you, yeah, your grandfather, he did this. He worked at right. this company. He bought stock in this. Like I remember I was driving one time with my grandmom on my mother's side, on the white side. And she said, oh, you know, the, um, the, the people that built that steel factory, she was like, yeah, your, your grandfather, he bought a whole bunch of stock in, in that steel. And when he died, I got a check for that. And straight up, let me know. It's like, wow, to, to really have that. So now I try and, you know, a lot of our history was, 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 was cut off as far as our bloodline traveling back to the motherland. But I really try and at least learn about the culture, you know what I mean? And even if it doesn't go back to Africa, the culture of what we did in America, because we don't get taught, like you said, we get taught Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Harriet Tubman. It's like the big three of a couple, you know, a couple. And then even like with Martin Luther King, that's a whitewashed history of Martin Luther King that we get taught. When you dig really deep into him, you realize, you know, towards the end of his life, he wasn't so nonviolent. He wasn't so, you know, oh, let's just integrate. That wasn't his deal at the end of his life. At the end of his life, he said, we need our own. We need to get our own money. Y'all need to pay us for what we did. So I think it's just about that education. Bro, it kills. It blows my mind about the, the, the amount of people that don't know about Black Wall Street. Yeah, people I, don't. I, it's, I, it's wild. I've forgotten so much about Black Wall Street more than like a lot of these people know. Right, and that's like and I'm not even trying to sound cocky about that, but the same that same uh that same that same person that I was telling you about earlier, the uh the guy who was in prison, he was telling us about this. Right, like I I've I've no since like 13, 14, I was like, bro, what? We've had our own. Right, we planes, had our own shit. planes, cities, hospitals, bus everything. routes, everything, bro, everything. A fully functional working city, completely black owned. That yeah. shit is surreal. And like, the wild thing is why it was, it was so hated by the whites because it really just showed them, like, if you let us to or by ourselves. We gonna take this shit over. We gonna turn up. <laughs> right. Like they right. was living in poverty. They was they right. was they was living in poverty when we was over here balling out because we were trading outside of the community, but circulating all the money inside of right. our community. Exactly. So it was all coming in, but nothing was going out. Exactly. And we was just stacking up, stacking up. And I think you know it's it's intentional that we don't learn about that in church in in school. It's intentional. Yeah, that's crazy. Me, that because if they taught us, you know, it, your oppressor is never going to teach you something facts, that's going to stop you from being oppressed. You know what I mean? They're not going to teach you that. Hey, by the way, um, you know, you read about King Arthur and all these barbarians running around stabbing <laughs> each other. Yo. When y'all when when this was going on, you know, your ancestors were building pyramids and, you know, had indoor plumbing and all that like <laughs> They're not going to teach you that we was more advanced than them. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Fuck it. Yo, yeah, you're so right, bro. I definitely do remember learning about, uh, it might not have been King King Arthur, but it was like King King Leonidas. Right. 
I don't need to know. He did right. nothing. What the hell like, is you teaching he, me about that? He for? didn't contribute to American history. Like, right. Why right. do I need to know about this man? Yep, it's like, crazy. But they won't teach you like, like, um, like Menelik, King Menelik II, Ethiopia, only person, that, right. only only country to never be colonized by the European. Italy thought wow. they was gonna come in. Italy thought they was gonna march right in and just take Ethiopia over. And he said, "Bitch, nah." <laughs> He shut that wow, shit yeah. right down because he was smarter. Militaristically, he was smarter. They thought they was going to come in. Oh, you know, these Africans, they just, you know, they primitive. He shut that shit all the way down. Bitch, get out of my country. <laughs> he shut that shit all the way down. But they would Yo, never teach you that. They won't know because that's, that's a black man being strong, man. Yep. It's a black yep. man being strong. So, but, but yeah, man, thank you for your time. I Bro, appreciate thank you it, for man. having me. It's a good, it's Thank a good vibe, man. It's a yes, good vibe. Sir. We definitely got to stay in touch. Yes, sir. Yo, we definitely do. And uh, next time I go back down Jersey, I'm gonna definitely hit you because we got yeah. a link. Link me, you bro. For sure, for sure. Yo, for sure.